Hello, and welcome to Thinking Outside the Vault, a podcast for community banks and credit unions who are looking for innovative ways to put the consumer first. I'm your host, Zach Garver, and today we're talking about the power of the mystery shop. In Season 5, Episode 7 of NBC's The Office, there's an incredible scene where Michael Scott takes Jim and Dwight into the conference room to coach them on handling clients over the phone. The reason is that both men scored poorly on a customer survey report. As you can imagine, if you've ever watched The Office, it's an excellent model for what not to do. We'll put a link to the YouTube video in the show notes so you can watch it. It would be easy to think to yourself after looking at this video, it's a good thing our retail experience isn't that bad. But that's where you'd be about 70% right and about 30% wrong. And you'll find out why exactly in today's episode with Matt and Anna Maria from Casasa's Retail Experience Development Team, or RED for short. In a single year, their team makes more than 13,000 mystery shop calls to community banks and credit unions. What they've learned is both worrying and a huge opportunity for you. Oh, and your word of the day is microgement. In honor of Jim Helpert. That's right, you heard me. Microgement. Like micromanagement, only smaller. Anna Maria and uh, Matthew, uh, we're excited to talk to you guys about mystery shops. Uh, this is an aspect of you know, having a community financial institution servicing account holders and customers uh, that I think, you know, everybody benefits from talking about because customer experience is really important. Uh, and I am very excited about what you guys have prepped for us to talk about today. So how about we start uh, just you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what you do here at Casasa. Sure. Well, Zach, thank you so much for having us. We are excited to talk about Mystery Shops. Um, my name is Ana Maria. I'm the Retail Experience Manager here at Casasa, and I've been here about 12 years. Yep. My name is Matt Greenlee. I'm also a Retail Experience Manager, and I actually manage the Mystery Shop team who does all these calls for us. So really excited to get to talk about it and how it can impact the institutions. Exactly. Because Mystery Shops are a great way to understand just how to bridge any gaps that you might have between who you want to be in your community and who you really are when someone calls your financial institution. And it also, you know, it helps understand those skills, those attitudes and behaviors that your front lines need to fulfill your mission statement. Do you agree with Matt? Absolutely. 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 And, and so many times it's common to hear a mission statement where our community financial institutions are striving to be the best in their community. An example mission is we strive to be the trusted financial advisor for all our clients' needs. And wow. <laughs> that, yeah. that feels like that covers maybe a little more territory than is helpful. Absolutely. Three, and there's three places that your customer will meet you for your products and services in person, online, and on the phone. But you know what? We are here to work with our community financial institutions um, to help bridge those gaps, right? Because we all play a, a role in fulfilling that mission. But with the calls that you'll listen to today, we often find that that's not the case. The mission doesn't come across every call. For example. So 
the first call we're going to listen to, we're going to listen to a few of them today, but the first one we're going to listen to is one of the calls we pulled out. Now, my team makes over 13,000 calls each year to community financial institutions. And wow. yeah, that's a, that's a whole lot of calls. So we've got a lot to work with. So I've pulled a few calls that we're going to listen to today that are from institutions that are new to Kasasa. So before they've gone through any training and everything else, but again, if we go back to what their mission statement is, try, strive to be the trusted financial advisor um, that also really encompasses making sure that you're offering a high level of service. So okay. think about that while we're listening to these calls and then we'll kind of talk about them. So cool. let's go uh, ahead and listen to the first well, one. I want to actually jump in because I, I want to talk a little bit about what a mystery shop is because I want to make sure that our listeners understand this concept. Um, mm-hmm. I was first introduced to it when my wife was a server at a restaurant and she would come home and be like, ah, I got mystery shopped. And, you know, she would usually get really great scores, but you know, whatever, like, Whatever less than perfect score she got, that would be what she would focus on. But so what does a mystery shop mean for us at Kasasa and for the institutions that we're working with? You know, it's a really good setup before we jump into the first call. So our mystery shops, what we try to do is call as an average consumer to our financial institutions asking about checking accounts. We typically will lead in with like, what do we need to bring in with us? Uh, How much does it cost to open an account? Something that an average consumer might say. We go online, we find the phone number, we call, we ask for the branch, and then just we let the conversation happen from there. So this is what we're recording and reporting back on and assessing the institutions for. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and play that first call. Thank you for calling. Please listen carefully as our menu options have changed. Also be advised all calls may be monitored or recorded for quality purposes. If you know your party's four-digit extension, please press 1. For mortgages and home equities, press 2. To apply for any other loan type, press 3. For balance inquiries and to transfer funds, press 4. For credit card support, press 5. For debit card support, press 6. For office hours, press 8. Or remain on the line for the next Connection Center representative. Thank you. This is Sue. How may I help you? Is this Andover location? No, it's not. Is there anyone in particular you're looking for? Uh, just someone in new accounts. Okay. Let me get you over to Julie. Hold on. Okay. Okay. So as we get to the end of that call, I mean, if you think about it as the average consumer, that's not exactly the best um, level of service that we're going to get. At least I knew that we were going to talk to Julie. Unfortunately, Julie's not there. (laughs) She's not there. Got sent straight to voicemail. Yeah. Now, don't, I don't want you to think that this happens every time. However, this is a pretty large occurrence when we don't get to speak to a representative. It happens out of our 13,000 calls. 30% of the time, something happens where we get sent to voicemail, we're left on hold for two minutes, told to call back or ask for a name and a phone number so they can call us back. And Matt, what's the likelihood that someone would call back? Yeah, when you're just calling to get some information, they're not going to. They're just going to pick up the phone or go to a website of a different institution or a different branch. 
the best case scenario would they would just call another branch and call back. Most of the time, that's not going to happen. That was your opportunity. That was your try. So 30% of the business left on the table. Absolutely. So (laughs) it is. If you think about it, 30%, if you went in to tell your boss, hey, boss, we're going to just give up on 30% of our sale opportunities today. How do you think they're going to respond? Yeah, probably, probably wouldn't like that. Badly. That's Victoria Kerr. She works with me on the B2B marketing team. And you're going to hear a little bit from her in this episode, but we had some technical difficulties and weren't able to get them figured out before the end. Absolutely. So you know, let's, let's go ahead because this is, again, only 30% of the time. Let's roll into the next call and we'll talk about it. I have one comment on this. Just It's been interesting, the different, you know, the um, different interviews we've done on the podcast so far and, and just people that I talked to throughout Kasasa, this issue of timeliness and response seems like it shows up a lot of places. Um, so it's, it's definitely interesting to hear, you know, a real life example of like, this is essentially a consumer you missed out on. Every one of these voicemails could represent business that you were just ignoring essentially. So here, we'll jump into that next call. Just Kimberly, how may I help you? Hi, I was hoping to open a uh, checking account sometime this week and was wondering what all I needed to do to do that. you already have a savings account with us? No, I don't. I would be a new customer altogether. Okay, um, we'll need, <clears throat> sorry, we'll need your Social Security and your um, ID. And if your address is different than that on your ID, you'll need to bring like a, a bill or proof of that address. Okay. And then what kind of accounts do you guys have for checking accounts? Or is it all just one account? Um, we have different kinds. I'm not really sure the different kinds of those yet. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. I'm the new one here. <laughs> okay. So, um, but she can explain them all to you. Like, we have several different types of checking okay. accounts. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your help. You're welcome. Have a great day. All right. Thanks. Bye. Oh, man. <laughs> Getting the new person. (laughs) Yeah. So when we're talking about trying to relate to our clients, I guess the good point in this one is they're both new. It'd be a new client and a new representative. So I guess if you're trying to bridge the gap there, I mean, there's something. Um, Yeah. I would would hope that this would be a situation where that even a new person would be equipped with some of the information they would need to answer a basic question like, what kind of checking accounts do we have? Like a brochure at the desk or, or something better than like, yep, we got some options, but I don't know what they are. Yeah. I, I also felt that there was sort of this sort of clinical approach they took when, you know, she said she would be a brand new account holder. It went straight into, okay, we'll need your social security number ID, you know, rather than, yeah, sort of showing excitement and, and talking through any products with her. Mm-hmm. There was there was no rapport building in this whole relationship mm-hmm. as we're trying to trying to get them on the phone and get them into the right product. So the best thing that we can do for the clients at this point is, you know, have that conversation again. If we're going to be the trusted financial advisor, we can't have people that say, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. So there's a lot of different steps that you can take that will help set them up for success. Take some time with that new representative. Make sure that they understand. And if they're not in a good position to be able to talk about the accounts, then either don't have them answer the phone or when they do answer the phone, make sure that they're like, Hey, let me get you to the person that's going to be best, be able to serve you and then make the transfer, Mm -hmm. preferably a warm transfer. Tell me what, so what does a warm transfer mean? I I know I've heard you guys say that before and 
I, I've never encountered the term before I heard uh, somebody on the red team talk about it. So what does that usually mean? So the warm transfer is when you take an opportunity to make sure that the person you're going to transfer to is at their desk and available. In person, uh, it looks more like this. If somebody walks up to you like, hey, let me walk you over to Jim so Jim can help you out. Otherwise, it's just pointing and say, Jim's over that way. Go talk to him. On the phone, it's the same way. Do you mind holding and I'll get you transferred to the right person? Making the transfer. And before that, like, hey, Jim, are you at your desk? I've got somebody here that wants to open a new account. Okay. So making sure that somebody's on versus just, just the kind of transfer. And, and if they hit the voicemail, then they probably hang up and that's the last interaction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, uh, but Zach, again, and Victoria, don't get us wrong. Our community financial institutions on the phone and in person are so nice. But in our findings, we find that this individual is not a very good representation of the financial institution's mission. So that makes sense. I mean, I'm imagining myself as a, you know, an executive at a community financial institution, and I don't have a lot of staff. I just hired somebody new. And and frankly, I just need somebody to answer the phone so that I'm not sending all those calls to voicemail. Like, you know, somebody in that situation where they're just feeling really strapped for resources. Um, What do you recommend they do? Well, um, definitely training. <laughs> That's my passion and my love and, and really set with a new person and set them up for success, right? Because they're not, they're not truly fully trained. Uh, we always say knowledge is power, right? Give them the knowledge, uh, product knowledge, make sure that they understand, right? A lot of training so that they can represent and set those expectations uh, of what that's supposed to sound like. Yeah. And it goes back to making sure that you are living who your mission says you are. You know, this is how we say things. This is how we do things. Practice it. Those are some of the key things that you're going to need to do with your representatives. So you're going to need to think through how that mission statement uh, translates, right, to simple things like how you behave on a phone call or how you, you know, basic interaction level stuff. I mean, I could imagine having a mission statement and being like, okay, we got a mission statement. That's cool. Uh, And not take it any further than that. Just assume that like it, as long as people understand it at a high level, like, well, that's all you got to do. But I think what you're saying is that that's not enough. It, It can't just be words on a wall. So true. All right. So we've talked about a call going straight to voicemail. We've talked about getting the new person. So let's go ahead and listen to a call where we do get a third person uh, and we get the opportunity to have a conversation. Let's see how it goes. All right. Thanks for calling. This is Shannon. Hi, I was hoping to speak to someone at the Eastside branch. Oh, okay. Is there someone in particular you would like to speak to? Um, Just someone that's in charge of opening accounts. Oh, sure. Uh, let me see what I can do. Hello. Hi, is this the Eastside branch? Yes. I was just wanting to talk to somebody about possibly opening up a new checking account and wanted to see what you guys had available. Do you already have an account with us? Um, I do not, no. In order to open a checking account, you would have to have a savings with us first. Okay, um, I can do that, but just wanted to see, do you just have a regular checking account? Um, is everyone just put into one? Um, so we have a checking, or we also have our CASASA checking. 
We have a Kasasa Cash, a Kasasa Cashback, and a Kasasa Tunes. But you can always open um, an account online as well. Okay. Um, awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap this call up, you can kind of see we took the whole um, menu approach. We just, <laughs> hey, we got this account, this account, this account. I know you don't know what they typically are, um, but which one do you want? And uh, you know, that's exactly what I was thinking was like, <laughs> I mean, how do you know what any of those mean? You don't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, if, if we kind of look at all three of these calls and wrap it up, you know, there's the top four things that I typically run into and I can share with everybody uh, from some of our findings that you can actually use as actionable information right now. Um, I often hear, man, you guys, you called it the wrong time. We're really busy at these times. So if you can avoid 10, to, know, two. <laughs> 10 to two on weekdays. Um, oh, and, and the first 15th and the 30th, we're really busy. Then we had a lot of clients. Oh, uh, and Mondays and Fridays, if you can avoid those. You know, my recommendation, is if, that's, if that's the case, you know, make sure you put it on your website. Hey, please don't visit us during these times. We're too busy. Um, no, that's not going to happen. Our clients are going to reach out to you when they're available to reach out to you. So we need to make sure that we're fully staffed up and ready to go. Another one we heard in call two was, oh, well, you got the new person and they're just not really knowledgeable yet on what we have. So we got to take those opportunities and those steps to make sure that we are training them up and they're ready to go. And they're set to be successful. The next one is, as you listen to these calls, nobody determined any needs at all. And what I talk about when I'm saying determining needs, what's important to the client? What is it they're looking for? How do you have, or how can you go about finding what's going to be the most important benefit that they can earn uh, for the client? And that's 78% of the time on all of our calls there's no determining needs. They just either jump right into a product or only pick one product for you and not really giving you an opportunity. And Matt, that was 13,000 calls that you guys make. So 78% of those calls, they don't determine needs. So we're not talking about, um, this isn't a situation where somebody could, re, you know, an executive could reasonably come in and be like, oh, well, you know, but that's, that's not us. I mean, they could say that, but the point is we're not talking about edge cases here. We're talking about, a huge volume of calls and over and over again, this is proven out that this is how um, consumers are being handled when they call community banks and credit unions. Absolutely. And I promised you four things. And the fourth thing is whenever we come up with an objection, typically when we're on the call, we're going to see again, if your level of service is top notch, if somebody comes at you and says, I don't do e-statements or, you know, I don't typically use a debit card. How do you respond to that? And 75% of the time on those calls, we just move to something else. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, you don't have to. Uh, and we don't take an opportunity to try to be that trusted advisor, ask the questions, really understand what their objection or what the root cause of the objection is so that we can help them understand. So those are the four biggest things that will make the most immediate impact. If we address these things, um, make sure that when we call, you're staffed up. If you know it's a busy time, make sure you're staffed. If you have a new person, make sure they're trained or at least up front, they know, hey, when somebody calls and you don't know the answer, this is who you give the call to and make sure it's a warm transfer. Determining needs, ask some questions that are really going to determine what's going to best suit the client and then handle objections. If they have questions, don't be afraid to ask why. That's why they're there. You're the one in charge. You know their products and services. So, and now you have your mystery shops and your mission. So how do we fill in those gaps? 
Well, here are the three most impactful things that you can do with your mystery shop's results right now. First, setting expectations that align with your mission. Reestablish those expectations if necessary. What is the experience in the branch? On the phone, mystery shop yourself. Uh, mystery shop your competitors, right? So that you know how you can differentiate yourself and reach that. Second, focus training on where you need the most help based on your results. We have tools, resources. What is that expectation of using the tool and resources that you give them? Our Kasasa Financial Institutions, they have our Kasasa Learning Platform, which is our learning management system, which has their own personalized red channel for not only onboarding, but continuous training, ongoing training. It, we can't just train once a year. It's ongoing so that we can ha- hit that consistent conversation always. And third, accountability. When it comes to accountability, you need to communicate both consequences and rewards. And managers can use accountability tools and resources to help them, like huddles, for example, to focus on what the goals are. Role plays, practice makes perfect. Listening to your own mystery shops, that's an opportunity to hear how the conversation is actually going And of course, coaching one-on-one, take the time to really set them up for success because that individual's success is the community financial institution success, which will again, help build on your mission on who you are. Wow. Well, thank you. You guys had a ton of good stuff for to share with us today. And uh, I enjoyed listening to the calls and breaking them down with you. I certainly, I've never been in a job where I had to get mystery shopped. And so it's a bit of a foreign world to me. Again, I, you know, like I said in the beginning, my, I, my first exposure was listening to my wife talk about it as a, as a server at a restaurant. Um, and it's, you know, I understood the reason why you would do it there and, and how that would be beneficial. Um, but it is, it's really cool to see how it plays into running an institution, you know, and, and getting, lined up with that mission statement that, you know, I know a lot of our clients and other community banks and credit unions are passionate about the communities they serve. Um, but it sounds like all too often there's a real disconnect between that mission statement and what consumers are actually experiencing with them. Yeah. And this is a good first step to really recognizing where those gaps are. Well, thank you again for your time. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward to publishing this and sharing it with our listeners. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Zach. Victoria, you guys have a great day. Have a great day. If you take away just one thing from today's episode, consider this. It's conceivable that no service at all is worse than poor service. And there are so many things you can do right away to improve the experience for every single customer and member. If you're hungry for new account holders, the answer to your problem may be hiding in your missed calls and your mystery shop reports. And that's all for this episode of Thinking Outside the Vault, a podcast produced and distributed by Kasasa. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, please consider subscribing to our podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher, and leaving a review. This helps other listeners to discover us. You can also send your comments and feedback to social at casasa.com.